the shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just salty gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, see Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I am Katie Nordgren. And I am Chris Jeppa. And with us today is our lovely guest, Bob Neubauer. Hi, Bob. Hello. <laughs> Hi. And we're broadcasting here live from our East Vancouver studio down by the industrial area of the Bluffs. Um, yesterday, there was like a lot of lumber being moved up and down the little inlet channel, so we got a lot of driftwood. So mm. They've actually constructed a new table to put our podcast in, which is very exciting. Uh-huh. I just had to scrub some of the seagull shit off of it. Yeah, I left the barnacles on for texture. Mm-hmm. It's good, because it keeps the wine from falling off mm-hmm. in a like a harsh gust of wind, basically. Yeah, and it does come through the slats mm. this time of year. I'm trying to come up with like, a good nautical hook. Like, <laughs> well, you could have a hook for a hand. <laughs> oh, no! This is why you do improv comedy. <laughs> I don't yeah. do improv comedy. No? I improvise do... nothing. I planned that oh, joke okay. years ago. It's a pretty impressive long game. Thank you. I'm always playing the long game, Bob. <laughs> you ready. Ready for that. So, uh, we've known Bob for a really, really, really fucking long time. Ten, um, at least ten years on my side. Twelve, I think, on mine. Yeah, that's right. More or less. We met in first year, and I've known Bob to be a man of... Very mustaches. Mustaches. Various kinds of mustaches. Um, it's mostly in- just one greasy kind. <laughs> It's, like, it's a true. Not like I don't have like the facial hair to be able to make you know like so like it's not like a you it's like a not like looking at me through time is like a flip book of like incredible mustaches like a coffee table book of mustaches. <laughs> oh, what mustache is he wearing today? It's just, like this small portion of my upper lip that can grow facial hair. It's always shiny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all of of all of my close friends, Bob, you might be the greasiest one. I'm pretty but greasy. That's good. Wow. I don't like it. And so yeah. you're the most easily the most greasy. Oh, no, my friends. I know a lot of, like, greasy people just out in the city that are, like, way more. Like, you're, like, hot greasy. That's good. Oh, yeah. Look <laughs> at what it means. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, do you, you make it, you right? You make it work for you. Yeah, he's real pink in the I cheeks. I don't mind being greasy. Like, I'm a pretty greasy greasy character. I've always, uh, I've always stood by that characterization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna... You know, it's good to know yourself. David. If you're the kind of guy with a greasy mustache and a collection of uh, pillow machetes. A collection of... I only have one machete. It's a collection. <laughs> That's like, one more than all of anybody else in this house. I don't I don't keep my machete under my pillow, but I do... Now that I'm, I've been, I've been like, uh, living alone for a while now, so I do, <laughs> I do have it close by the bed. <laughs> Sometimes I get up and it's scary. You know, like, I, I hear, like, a knock or something, and I'm like, Bob, what are you going to do? you got to grab your machete, because that the, that's the safest thing to do. You're a strong, independent woman, and I you need your own machete. Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, that's I, have it. A, I have a good line and a place to get some machetes if you ever need them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've given to understand you can get them from the gorilla surplus. You get them from the gorilla surplus, a variety of, I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, they, I, I, you know, I kept, kept thinking that there was something, like, people breaking into my apartment, but then I came out in like the morning and I just I saw I'm pretty certain that my girlfriends are going to listen to this so I feel comfortable saying that I saw a big rat <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to did know she, did she hate rats she, does she not does she not know you live in a ditchy apartment or like <laughs> it's not the it's not the ditchiest apartment I mean, it's okay like but like the biggest the biggest problem I, is, is I mean it's all on me I just like I'm so greasy 
right? So I just like I left the yeah like I would I just there's always food around and I often go fall asleep. I say fall asleep and not pass out because I want to I want to maintain like a good like put my best foot forward in this. This is just all for interview. your girlfriend, basically. This you're not worried about future employers or anything. Just like just don't let her know. Don't let her know. Yeah. No, oh I, no no because I I am I uh, I am like but I'm like working on finishing. Um, my dissertation in the social sciences, so I'll, I'm not employable regardless. <laughs> True. So it is, it doesn't matter. As someone who works in the social sciences, yeah. yes. Yeah. You're, you're, you, you did okay. I do. I got you're a, on the, you're I on the got admin a, side, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I no longer have any delusions that anyone's ever going to pay me to teach, so mm. uh, I just get paid to try to lie to students and tell them that they can have a future in yeah. academia. Yeah, I would never tell my students So I'm that. Satan, basically. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, you kids, you kids are going nowhere. I'm like Principal <laughs> Skinner in that episode of The Simpsons. Armin Tamsarian? <laughs> and no, we both know that the children have no future. <laughs> oh, God. No, my students are very bright. I'm sure they're going to land on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> You're teaching them like resilience and coping skills yeah, and like right. learn by my example, children. Like here are some ways that you can like weasel your way out of some yeah. shitty situations. Yeah, for sure. I see I said weasel. That's also not a very nice word. But you know what I mean? Like to actually like talk your way out of like a jam or oh, whatever. To, like... to me. I thought you meant to weasels for a second. I was like, it's a come on. Is like, this, it's funny how this much we love Bob's relative to the words weasel we use to describe Bob. <laughs> I think that's I prefer to be something like a like a greasy some sort of greasy fox. A grease weasel. What's like not a grease a weasel. weasel? No, a greasy fox. Where it's like, oh, he's slick. He's smooth talking. He can, like work his way out of any yeah. jam, and he'll always get those eggs from the hen house. Yeah, if that's you know right. What I'm saying. Oh, you know what we're I talking d- about. I think then. I do know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. She's saying I'm anemic. I have to maintain high iron levels. Yeah, that's exactly. I got my B12 so I eat from a lot the of eggs. Vitamin B over here. Vitamin B. You wanted to check vitamin out the vitamin D. D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Well, so this is Bob. Yeah. <laughs> How are we all doing this week, guys? Oh, my God. I've had a weird week, you guys. It's just been like... A self-care, like a lesson in in failing self-care a little bit. Uh Or not failing, but like... Mm. I forgot, like, it's so boring to take care of yourself. Yeah, it's not fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's so much get, maintenance to do. It can get really boring, because it's just like, okay, you know, don't drink that much, go to bed early, go to the gym, Dude. eat really well. It's really boring. And so the last week, I had sort of a breakdown in my usual awesome self-care routine, and what happened on Saturday was, like, a massive panic attack. Wow. So it's just you haven't like, had one of those in forever. I don't know. That's a bummer. Yeah. So it's kind of, I saw the correlation between, like, if you would... You know, in the the app that I use to track my anxiety attacks, <laughs> like versus all of the like other self care maintenance that I do, which I stopped using after like four times. But Whoops. if I did keep using it, you could see the data like correlate in a perfect graph mm. between like the intersection. Low, of high. Do- we're doing a lot of hand gestures now, which are super useful for an auditory medium. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. You know how one graphs line goes work. up, the other yeah, one yeah. line goes down. It meets in the middle, and that's where shit happens. Yes. <laughs> People know what the graph looks like with the two intersecting curves. They know yeah. they can visualize it. Well, yeah. I I'm presuming that a lot of the people who, a lot of the four people who are listening to this are probably also in the social sciences or the arts. Yeah. And so they're like, graphs, numbers, correlation. There's a lot of graph usage in the social sciences. Come on. Yeah. But I never really learned how to make them. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, 
Yeah, it just kind of, it was one of those things where I overscheduled myself a lot, where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, I've got a family dinner to go to, but then I've got the whole day free before that. And so, of course, I'll go out and I'll run an errand, and then I'll meet you for this, and then I'll stop in there on the way home. And then it was just like, when it came to trying to leave the house, it was like, I can't actually leave the house. Mm. Like, I felt like there was like a force field in the door that like would not mm. let me pass. Yeah. And it was very frustrating, and it, yeah, pissed me mm -hmm. off. So I did manage to break through to like go to the grocery store, at least, so, Daddy. and then I did the family dinner. So two out, know, of, two out of however many, that's it worked, pretty good. It worked in a, in a way, but I didn't do the other commitments. So then this week I'm sort of trying to be back on the train. So I went to the gym after work. I'm super sweaty and gross. I didn't even shower for you guys today, but... It doesn't even stink in here. Yeah. Oh, give it's it a, yet. give it like 15 minutes because yeah. we've got all the windows closed. Oh, true. Well, yeah. I bathed just before I got here, so Great. You're maybe always... I'll act as the incense yeah. or something. <laughs> Just burn a beautiful Katie smelling candle. <laughs> I'm wearing Old Spice right now, so it's going to get kind of sexy and doodly in here. Nice. So. I'm, I'm strategically positioning this fragrant fragrant tea that Chris made me <laughs> just to generally just make up for a variety of my body zones. Your bodily shortcomings. Bodily shortcomings. <laughs> oh no. I think olfactory shortcomings. Yeah. It's much, yeah I no, want that to be the body's name of good. my new <laughs> Olfactory <band>. shortcomings. <laughs> Lil stinkers and the olfactory shortcomings. <laughs> nine, 9 out of 10 on Coke Machine Glow. <laughs> Did you just make a Gord Downey reference on this podcast? No, is Coke Machine Glow a Gord Downey reference? Gord, it's Gord Downey's book of poetry. Oh, so they because there's, there's a music blog. They must have named that after Gord Downey's poetry book. Oh, this is such an incessantly Canadian podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's really I we're it ahead Canadian, by a century. But I guess maybe it is. Maybe it's a Canadian blog. I don't know. Gotta be. That's I mean, cool. Definitely a Gord Downey poetry book and. Uh, maybe Gord Downey's listening right now. I don't know. You know what I found the other day What's that? is my book of poetry that is autographed by Billy Corgan. I was just oh. going to make a joke about Billy Corgan's yes. poetry book. Billy Corgan's poetry book. Um, after the break, I'll read one of the poems. Are they any good? Are they better or worse than Jewel's book of poetry, A Night Without Armor? Oh, I don't know. I think she's great. I haven't read any of the poetry, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like Jewel a lot. I got a real soft spot in my heart for her. Yeah, she no. saved. She saved my soul. What can I say? <laughs> when you couldn't save your own. I know she had the best song about like morning coffee. That was pretty good. Oh, Jewel. She but. had something meaningful to say, but I'm, I, I'm so. I feel like I'm so neutral on Jewel. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's, that's fine. not. That's not an underhanded, uh, underhanded uh, slight or anything. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just not sure if I've ever heard a Jewel song since she was she was dropping singles in the late '90s. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. that's pretty much the last time yeah, I really okay. heard of her. Okay. I think she was on Dancing with the Stars. All right, maybe. I have no idea. But no, the Billy Corgan book of poetry, I was thinking about it the other day because it's the only book left on my bookshelf upstairs. And then I looked in, I'm like, oh, I remember he autographed it. And mm. I met him and he's like a trillion feet tall. Is he really? And he I'm like, that tall. I'm like negative a trillion feet tall. So the distance between us was really unsettling. Or zero, zero? Wait, zero. No, two trillion. That's yeah, how he's math very, works. He's, he's very large, right? <laughs> he's very, he's like six something. I don't hmm. know. He's many feet tall. I never would have never would have thought that. I just picture him as just a floating head. Because he wears like bald head. giant long black cloaks that just go down to the ground yeah. so then you don't really see how yeah, exactly. like, That's some yeah. tricky kabuki shit. He's mm -hmm. kind of masterful. I don't know. I just still like, now whenever I think of Billy Corgan, I just think of that magazine cover of him petting a cat. It was like a cat On fancy cat fancy? Magazine. I saw that, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Was that an actual, I thought that was like photoshopped or something. Was, he, was there an actual no, magazine he called cats? He fancies cats, I think. I don't, I don't doubt that. 
at <laughs> was all. It, oh, was it? Oh, was it discounting that? That rat in a cage song was like aspirational. Aspirational. <laughs> that rat in a cage song. She says like she doesn't own every single like Smashing Pumpkins. Like she doesn't know what the actual title of the song is. <laughs> yeah. How was your week, Katie? <laughs> oh my God, I can't even. I legally can't get into how shitty my yeah, week yeah, was. Yeah, that's it's, fine. No, You've no, but it's funny of... just to say that to be like, there's a non-disclosure agreement at play as to why I can't describe how shitty my week was. Uh, suffice to say, I don't even know what I can say, but I know that things have been pretty crappy with my partner's place of employment, and they have not, um, they've not been kind, so that's been rough, but, uh, hopefully we're on to bigger and better things soon. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a lot of just, like, hunkering down and crying it out and strategizing, and I feel good today, uh, but there's been a lot of really shitty days on the road to mm -hmm. this particular moment, so... But it's nice. It's it's reassuring to realize, like, a lot of people will step up for us when everything goes into the shitter. Yeah, you posted a thing on Facebook that was like, thank you so much for everybody, like, offering all this unconditional mm -hmm. support and totally. blah, blah, blah. And what I responded to that was like, well, you give so much to all of your other friends mm -hmm. as well. Aww. So, like, it kind of feels like this mutual thing. You yeah. give a lot, and so then when you actually need the support, even though you sometimes feel uncomfortable asking for help or support, it I will come to it. you in... I, fucking spades. I like that people that I'm. I, I've living in Vancouver my entire life has enabled me to grow friendships. Like like ten years is a long time to know somebody, and twelve years for you. Mm -hmm. um, and like you're one of my sort of younger friendships, honestly, which is weird because a lot of my friends have been friends with since you know fifth grade, mm -hmm. so or earlier. So to be able to have these people who know me so well that they know that I don't like asking, that they'll just offer and offer in the ways that I feel most comfortable accepting, which is so lovely. That's it's great. such a great, like, uh, what would you say? Like, um, almost conversational caregiving, which is super, super nice. And, uh, yeah, I definitely could not have, I could have gone so much farther into the shits than I did. Mm -hmm. It was just a couple days where I felt really awful, and now I'm feeling good again, and I'm like, just want to kick uh, everything that's going wrong in the face and yeah. just move on. Well, now it's like it's moved from, like, I feel defeated, and it seems like there's nothing we can do to just to being like, we can resist this What shit. are our next steps yeah. kind of thing. So that's that. That's definitely been what's up. Um, I started sleeping again, which is good. Hey! Because uh, <laughs> I have a lot of trouble with that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's about it. You know, I'm really trying to stay on that self-care train because I've definitely noticed that I end up spending way less time just feeling like absolute shit, which mm -hmm. I tend to feel like from November 1st to like February 15th. Mm -hmm. So, so far so good. Yay. Thumbs up. <laughs> it's, I've noticed a big thing where it's like, instead of focusing on like, if I do this thing, it makes me feel bad. So stop doing it. Mm -hmm. That just like doesn't work. You know, because I just don't make like the connection. I'm gonna stop drinking to excess. But like, it just doesn't. It doesn't kick in until later. Like, mm -hmm. especially around like food that I'm noticing makes my guts feel shitty. Like, mm -hmm. I don't notice until later. Yeah. No poop pun intended at all. <laughs> That's for another podcast, and we have Emily back to talk about fiber. Um, <laughs> but just like if, if I focus on the things that it's like, hey, this makes me feel really good, so I'll keep doing it. That's like a way to combat that like mundanity of mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to do this. Yeah. I shouldn't do this. Like, no, I should do these things. Yeah. Basically, and then maybe I won't have time for those things that aren't as good for me. Right. Basically, yeah. my brain is a rebellious jerk, and if you mm -hmm. say like, don't do it, mm -hmm. then it's like, I want to only do that. Your <laughs> inner person is a teenage brat, basically, yeah, who's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I get that. Self-care always entailed doing the thing that was like the most pleasurable in the short term 
right? Like sometimes it does. Like sometimes mm-hmm. self care is like you're not getting enough rest, so you get more rest, mm-hmm. or you're, you're, you know, you're not eating a real meal. You you have too much time eating fast food. You don't. But sometimes you know self care involves like just not you know not doing things that you would love to do mm-hmm. when you were like. 20 and self-care was irrelevant right like that's very astute yeah yeah that's that's a lot of that about growing up which is yeah mm, and just learning that yeah taking care of yourself doesn't mean indulging yourself all the time time. or making yourself the most comfortable all the time sometimes you have to kick your own butt you gotta get out of your fucking house sometimes and just like breathe the outside Mm -hmm. air we have so much nice air here i've got a friend who uh I was telling you about it, Chris, today. She was live-tweeting her mushroom trip in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, okay. And she's sort of somebody who I always misread as being very conservative and apparently is not at all. She, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she, um... I don't even remember why I started talking about this. That's terrible. Nice air. Nice air, right. She's... Thank you so much. That's very helpful. Yeah, no, she's been talking about her time in Europe and having a great time and being on mushrooms and all that stuff, but she typically works in in Beijing. Mm. And so... Yeah, she's like, ah, I really enjoy being in a place where I can breathe and oh also God. trip balls. Yeah, yeah, both those things are pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, so she's having a great trip. Yeah. Both times. Both, Bo- both meanings. Both meanings. <laughs> um, just in terms of, like, Beijing and air quality, I learned today that... I guess I shouldn't name names of companies, but mm-hmm. a lot of people will outsource their recycling because the city of Vancouver only picks up recycling to residential places, and even that has now been subcontracted out to a private company. <clears throat> but a lot of companies don't have any recycling stuff at all, so then they'll send it out to somewhere. And so then we're supposed to like sort all of our own recycling at work, not my work, at someone else's work. You're supposed to sort it all really well because they ship all the recycling to China, and then if they find out that things aren't sorted properly, they'll ship it back so oh that you God. sort it properly and then send it back again. Oh so my it's God. like, how much fuel is that using oh up? No. And then, like, do you want to fucking bet it gets thrown in an incinerator anyway? Mm. I don't know. It just feels really like, not my problem. Send it over there. And it just feels really shitty and short-sighted. Absolutely. I was frothing at the mouth for a moment. <laughs> Let's get that froth back in there. Yeah, people forget, like, like those are, like, the weird... The, that's kind of, like, the the cheapness of, of fossil fuels in particular, like, like, makes, I think, some of those... Has made some of those sorts of practices that, like, when you describe them just, like, like that, it's, like, it clearly sounds like it's totally insane, but, like, it's just not priced, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... All that really matters is, like, whether or not it costs them less money right to send it over there and back and then send it over there again um i remember like uh we've our friend alan right alan used to work uh when he left uh alan was a uh i guess for the the microphone's benefit was a was a a cell biologist or studied cell biology and 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 stuff at ubc and then went to work in ontario and he worked for this like soup company (laughs) from like what i could tell the he was actually the a scientist a scientist yeah, he was a soup scientist. No, he was like a soup espionage scientist. They were hiring him to use like scientific magic or whatever to like reverse engineer the competitors' soup recipes. Oh my I God. guess he would just have a thing of soup and he'd be oh like, God. oh, you know, there's like benzium whatever eight, you know, and uh, it's, which, is, which is quite a toxic compound. Benzium, whatever eight. Oh, but even more important, even more importantly, was it, he was shocked because he found out that like the same company, I guess, made like fruit cup cans like Del Mott's art fruit cup cans or whatever and they were like bringing in like cans of peaches from China 
Oh. To like, and because like if they brought it in from China, but like assembled the fruit cups, it would be uh, made in Canada. Right, so then it cup. would get around some of the regulations that oh they God. have on testing the actual yeah. product. Is Alan still alive? He hasn't been found in a gutter with a bullet hole between his eyes. <laughs> like, of, like, this the... is for Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I <think> Ignore <laughs> senses regard. Yeah, I mean, I think everything he did was legal, legal, but I'm sure that he would be shunned at any of the leading um, soup conferences. <laughs> Like, as, as a soup lover, I am scandalized. You yeah, make your own. I make soup my own. Soup. I don't eat fucking is that, canned soups. Does she make her own soup, or is it like a metaphor for like living your own life in your it's own both. way? It's both. Yeah. Like Katie both makes her ways. own soup. Both. I, Katie makes her own soup. <laughs> I do make my own soup. I made soup tonight. I made uh, West African yeah. peanut stew. Yeah. Oh really? That's pretty good. That's fucking good, man. I'm a good cook. I don't know what to tell you. Not bad at all. Yeah, delicious. You don't get to have any because I ate it all. Anyway. Nice. Any hoozle. Do you have any any notes on your week at all, Bob, or yeah. any recent developments that I haven't seen you in a little while? Yeah. How things are going? Or things are going pretty good. I mean, um, the last week was been a little bit not bad week, but maybe a bit kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, I I'm heading to I'm heading back to Toronto for the holidays and like like next week. But then I'm staying there and going to Montreal for like three months to to live with my partner for a Holy little fuck. while. Mm-hmm. So so like I've been finishing like my end of my I've been teaching course this semester. So last year was like my last week of teaching the course and I'm still like marking stuff mm-hmm. and uh, I'm trying to like write like a, a finish a draft of my first chapter to send to my professor before I leave. I actually wanted to do that today, but it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but now you're here. Now I'm here. Yeah, this is more fun than that. Oh, um, good. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that was but but so it was kind of and and so while I've been like co- kind of like finishing up this contract on this class, trying to write a bunch of stuff, then also kind of planning my my Vancouver escape or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's just like a lot to there's just like a lot to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm just leaving for a few months. Right? Are you mm-hmm. subletting your place? Uh, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. I don't think I am. Oh. Not, I'm not subletting it. My, my, my. I have like my living costs out there are very, very cheap though. Okay. Um, like uh, my partner found a place that was uh, was super cheap, and I'm like paying just a little bit in. Okay. For the month while I'm there, so it's like, yeah, I'm like so I'm re- so I'm I'm renting I'm renting an apartment here that I'm not using, which sucks, but I'm not renting two of apartments that I'm oh, okay. using, basically so it's okay but uh, but there's just been a, there's a bunch of other stuff still mm-hmm. like, I, I would love to kill that stupid rat before I, uh, <laughs> before I get out of here I don't want to leave him to give him free reign in my place yeah, he's gonna learn how to use your machete while you're gone <laughs> I'm going to use my machete. It's going to be fucking Shredder. Yeah. He's oh, my God. Be... Oh, you're the Shredder origin story. I left enough food scraps around and a machete. It was just all pizza machete. crust. It was all pizza. I was dragged it all into the sewer and then found some turtle friends. I mean, at this point, I just assume that the that radioactivity levels of my apartment are, are at least, I don't know if they're like... Moderate. Yeah. Like, they're like mute, mutant-gen levels. <laughs> mutant-gen? Yeah. We've, we've hit the levels of the ooze. The secret, the secret of the of ooze is, is in my apartment. Oh no! If you get there and Vanilla Ice is rapping, you got a lot to worry about. <laughs> That's like your canary in the coal mine. You open the door, and if it sounds like Vanilla <laughs> Ice, vanilla turn ice. and run. Just turn. But around. you don't know, man. If I'm gone for three months, I could come back, and it, he could actually just be like giving my landlord the quote to sell the place. He's like a <laughs> real estate mogul of some sort, from what I understand. <laughs> I Have you heard about this? This rat. No, Vanilla Ice. Oh, <laughs> I thought yeah. we were still talking Me about too. the rat. Vanilla Ice is a real estate mogul. I don't know if he's a real estate mogul, but he—he—I've heard that he flips a lot of houses. Yo, VIP, let's flip it. VIP, let's flip it. 
and he had a um and he had a uh, he had a reality TV show for a little while where he was teaching people to flip oh, their houses. And I don't think it was like exhibit where like exhibit teaches you to like pimp your ride and like it's a different service than you would get than at like a Jiffy Lube or whatever. I think like Vanilla Ice was just giving straight up you know uh, housing advice and real estate market yeah well he knows how to work with people yeah because he stops collaborates yeah. and listens, listens. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stops collaborate listen. <laughs> that's <laughs> why the ninja rap go ninja, was so go. relevant to the themes of <laughs> of today <laughs> of today and also which are also the same themes that tournament uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of Ooze dealt with all those years ago many just, years ago which is depressing when you think about it that we haven't come very far was there a third Ninja Turtles movie? Yeah, like Turtles in Time. They go back in time to, to like, medieval Japan. Yeah, 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 because they're turtle samurais, if I mm. recall correctly. Which Yeah, I'm technically ninjas, but what can you... You know, it's pretty close. Uh, I just want to go back and say that I was wrong. I called the rat Shredder. The rat is Splinter. The rat is Splinter. I fucked yeah, that up right. pretty oh, bad. Yeah, no, no, no. Shredder's just a guy with a weird face and some stuff going on. Yeah. Splinter was the rat. So right. if there's like a nerd who is just yeah. angrily masturbating right now, <laughs> I sorted it out, okay? I, I know... There's, the nerds I, don't I start angrily it. masturbating until you mention April April Neil, I think. It's right. Oh, Just yeah. Being I angry. guess, though, I was gendering that. I was assuming male nerds. But that's the same. Who, who, are the, who are either the straight female or, Honestly, or I had, male nerds I had, that are in love with Bebop or Rocksteady? There's no attractive male characters in that show are there? you kind of have a thing yeah, I'm gonna, no 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 I just want to look it up and see if there's a Bebop and Rocksteady like gay erotic fan fiction on Archive of Our Own I mean yeah, I'm I shouldn't sure. speak I shouldn't speak I shouldn't speak I don't speak ill of Bebop and Rocksteady I speak ill of Bebop yeah. they're just not beautiful no April O'Neil was definitely who I had a crush on even oh, as a kid oh fuck yes yeah. she was Sorry. so intrepid <laughs> I said that and you know really who else? emphatically you know who yeah, else though Janine from the real Ghostbusters the uh, the Ghostbusters animated oh, series. She was it wasn't Annie Potts, but I mean, oh, it was like was an animated pseudo Annie Potts. I just remember like the cartoon of April O'Neil, and then just her like jumpsuit. Was very and her just badassness and her yeah, white boots. And okay, one time I went to a strip club in Victoria, and there was a woman there who was stripping, wearing the exact April O'Neil jumpsuit. Oh my god, which which strip club was this? The one. The one? That one. Oh god, I think I know exactly the one on Pandora. Yep. Yeah, that's the one in Victoria. But this woman was amazing because she was also a yoga teacher. And so she did some amazing just handstands. Oh my god. And all kinds of like really amazing acrobatic pole work. And she was so hilarious. It was a really small crowd. And like, I don't generally go to strip clubs but we were like we're in a foreign city victoria british columbia let's like <laughs> go crazy <laughs> we're on vacation nobody knows us here but like yeah she was super acrobatic and really hilarious and she did a dance to mia that like all i want to do is boom 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 to reload noise and take, take your, your money, money. <laughs> right and so i thought that was hilarious for a stripper because it was place. like super meta and delicious and then also her whole thing was all i want to do is and on the boom 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 she like moved her boobs like a shotgun and then her reload she jumped and like caught the boob guns like what? it was just it was brilliant oh, it was holy brilliant. shit the difference in quality between strippers at that place in I wish I could remember the name of it it's like a dude's name uh, yeah. it's like someone's yeah uh, ver that versus I want to say Drake's but it's not no, it's not Drake's Drake hotel, it's like so I'm thinking of uh, I could remember Drake's Wait. Hotel's in Toronto yeah we can look it up uh, but yeah no I know the one you're talking about it's the only time I've ever gone to a strip club and not felt gross yeah um, because there were a lot of women that were just like we're making fun they of did, this they, they did would, nerd like, shit like there was a girl who was did like um like a Doctor Who themed thing when I was there oh, shit 
Okay, so, so this is a pretty special strip club. Yeah, and it just made me think about, like, the time... Okay, because I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, the moment that I decided to go into gender studies and, like, be a feminist, basically, was when I was on tour with my band in... Calgary, Alberta, and we went into this place called the French Maid, and it's a strip club. And I don't know whoever's listening who knows about Alberta. They do this thing called the Looney Toss because we don't have dollar dollar bills, y'all. We have loonies, toonies. We have five dollar bills, but that's a bit rich for some people's blood. For uh, so you just wing loonies at a stripper. Ugh. It's disgusting. That's it's the most. Shitty. It's the most upsetting thing I've ever sat in on and had to pretend like I liked it to like I'm I'm up for anything I'm a cool girl I'm 22 oh, yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah the distinction between those two places could not be more clear I mean I'm not 100% on strip clubs even at the best of times but I if just, I had to choose yeah that place <laughs> seems to have people that are just like pretty like they're kind of taking the piss out of the whole experience mm-hmm. as well which I think is really fun where it's like women are, are getting up and dancing and they're just like, I'm athletic, talented, and I think this is all kind of a joke and you're all in on it with me. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. super fun. There was one woman that just seemed really angry and sad and I was just like this. Montes. Montes. Montes is the name of the strip club I'm right. thinking of. Like the full Monty. Just call, yeah, just Montes. Yeah, just yeah. Montes. Just I remember little, it was like a like some like Goomba's name or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, it's Monty's club. <laughs> Yeah, this. You show me your boobies. <laughs> it's me, Monty. As opposed to the French maid, which is not. Oh, oh, show me your la boobies. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say it like that, it really classes it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oui, oui, baguette. <laughs> you say it with that sophisticated accent. <laughs> um, oh, boy. That's weird. I almost feel like there is like some weird, gendered, coin throwing prairies culture. Like, cause I've heard this yeah. shit a few times. Like, like I've heard, I've heard, I, this is the first time I've heard about uh, strippers, and I apologize for, for our, our hundreds of faithful listeners from the prairies, um, <laughs> but thousands. I, but I've definitely, I've definitely had co- like conversations with folks that seemed like they were pretty cool, like from from Saskatchewan and stuff, and they would talk, oh yeah, they're in Saskatchewan, you know, you whip pennies of prostitutes. No, mm. and I'd just be like, wait, what the. F- why the fuck would you do that? Rob Ford did that. Or no, who is the terrible man from Alberta? Klein. Klein. Slow it down there. That's where I was... Narrow it down. (laughs) Who is the terrible terrible man man from Alberta? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's many. Get in line. But no, it was Ralph Klein. He's dead now. Ralph Klein did that shit. Oh, yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was pretty cool how he died. But yeah, he was famous for whipping pennies at prostitutes, and it's just like... I think it's a thing. What a demon. I think it's a bit of a Pennies, prostitutes, and pancake breakfast. Yeah polluting the fucking environment. Yeah. That guy can suck my dick, but he's dead, so bye. Yeah, wait a minute. I, rem- I, I remember the day that guy passed away quite clearly. And not because, not because I, I had narrowly uh, jumped out of the window to escape. <laughs> the least. Oh. What? Are you framing yourself on this podcast? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, uh, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Is there a statute of limit? How long is the statute of limitations? What was the crime? What? <laughs> what was the alleged crime? What was the alleged crime? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, uh, you, no, I remember very clearly because my because um, some a, a acquaintance from like school was like wrote like a wrote like a like almost like a little obituary because like her dad I guess was the chief of security for Ralph Klein or something like mm-hmm. that and it, I and I and like it was it, like, I just remember I just remember very clearly because I remember like my blood boiling a little 
Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any, I don't have any problem about like speaking ill of the dead, but I don't want to like do that with someone who knows the person on Facebook. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't have I don't know like I, you guys you guys know my history. I've had like a lot of I have a lot of people pass away in my life, so I don't I don't fetishize death that much, you know? Like no. I don't have any and I'm not like a liberal, so I don't really believe politics is supposed to be about right like coming to common ground with people you disagree with. Like I think that's <laughs> the most like naive, hilarious, like just <laughs> magical and tr- like non-historical bullshit. You have to come with you. You want to come with agreement with some people but mm-hmm. you know it's like you don't want you don't have to come you don't have to come you're not the purpose of politics is not to come to common ground with the penny penny whipping asshole <laughs> right like that's not really that what it's asshole. about yeah so uh, i remember very clearly being like oh man that was pretty great there's a few people i remembered like i feel i feel sad because i, I feel like i'm i'm consumed with hate because i remembered i remember it <laughs> celebrate the deaths of the numerous major world players i remember when thatcher died i thought that was fucking great Oh my god! Yeah. I was in I was in Scotland. Ding dong, the yeah, witches dead became the number one hit song. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah they the voted people... for that to like be the top yeah. song that week. Yeah. And I, that was when I really learned the difference between what they say is the difference between Edinburgh and Glasgow. In Glasgow, they were celebrating, and in Edinburgh, they were pulling their shawls just a little bit tighter around oh, themselves. They were sad. That was the meme that like Edinburgh is all the posh people that were really for Thatcher, and yeah, Glasgow okay. is like where you fucking do it. Where Glasgow. Glasgow fucking Glasgow there's that YouTube video of the guy riding around in like on the like a trailer in the back of the bicycle when all of the Tories came up to Glasgow to like try to campaign around the indie referendum that they were right. having there independence stuff in Scotland yeah. and he just followed them around like playing the Imperial March out of the back of his trailer and just yelling like Here's the new imperial overlords. Bow down to our imperial oh. overlords. Like I can't do a Scottish Sweet accent. Sweet little Glaswegian. Like, it's so good. Like That's in Glasgow, great. they're fucking rad and amazing. Like they just really know how to talk back. Fucking ledge. I know. So, <laughs> but in in Edinburgh, it's apparently a little more posh and stuck up. And I definitely was living near that area that was more. I don't know, tight-lipped and whatever. So they they really, people were getting nervous about, like, oh, is is there going to be riots about Margaret Thatcher? It's like, no, they had a big bonfire party, and it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, nothing like that in Edinburgh. I I just wanted to come back to something you said, Bob, about, like, not, like, having loss in your life and not wanting to speak too ill of the dead, like, especially when there are people who, uh, you know, might be emotionally compromised by it. And I think that that's a very, that's very mature of you. But I also... I, I tend to not extend that to politicians that yeah. were like hateful and like put into practice a lot of policies that were incredibly damaging and even fatal for a lot of people. And I think Margaret Thatcher is responsible for a lot of deaths. Oh hell. Yeah, yeah. And Ralph Klein almost certainly, like and certainly deaths of a lot of wild animals and things, like he used to go shoot and stuff. Or just well, I have no problem with like oh. hunting is not my issue. It's Are you the, the, the about oil his sands and like just like yeah. removing any kind of environmental protections and just like gotcha. fuck geese. I mean fuck geese. Seriously, <laughs> fuck geese. <laughs> but Yeah, geese are kind of the worst, but I Everyone also don't want geese wanna... but me. Why don't you hate geese? You know what? No, don't you? She says so. <laughs> Everyone, see, it's, it's so accepted that the uh, these these the. Uh, but like, I don't uh, hate geese either. I'm a little afraid of them. You know why? I, I, I I've never been I've never been bit by a geese. I know that people. I know they're very aggressive. I guess you know. I you know what? I got I think, goose poop all over my outfit when I was like four, and then I was mad forever. Yeah, I could be, I could see that being upset. <laughs> I've definitely been bitten by many Canada geese. That's see, that's very reasonable. That's a very reasonable reason. See, I, I probably I, shouldn't have like run into a crowd of Canada geese. Yeah, they'll fuck you up. You can run into a crowd of pit. 
pigeons and they'll just fly away. Canada geese are like, let's get her. Yeah, well, because I thought that they would react like normal birds, but they're just no. so big that they stand their ground. Yeah, no, they'll. And I kind of I've grown to respect them a little bit because <laughs> I really, I really am. I like boundaries. I like. <laughs> they made them clear to I you. I like people who set boundaries, and I could extend that to geese. But when they start coming into my area and start hissing at me, when you I'm come just, into my house, when I'm just sitting at the duck pond and the geese come over and they just start hissing at you, and I'm like, I was here already. Why are you hissing at me, bro? Bro. Yeah. This wants some fucking that's bread. The law, that's the law of the duck pond right there. Geese are the proletariat. I have literally <laughs> let a goose intimidate me out of, like, my beautiful spot to watch the sunset because it just came over and started, like, hissing at me. Just kick it in the fucking that's goose face. That's more aggressive than a, a The goose, goose face or, killer. Yeah. But I, but I have to say, I do goose face killer like that. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, everything you're saying... I, I feel like I shouldn't feel this, but it makes me respect those geese. Like, there's something about, because you have all those the geese are kind of ballers. Not for messing with you in particular, because I like you, right? But like, <laughs> but like, there's something like, man, like, like humankind just like like rules mm-hmm. all the earth. <laughs> certainly, certainly, like we're in the Anthropocene now, right? And it's like you know, the urban environments. You know what it is? I I think that's why I like geese. Actually, I actually have a lot of respect for for. I animals that of a reasonable physical size that manage to thrive in urban environments because there's so few of them. Like people, a lot of people hate raccoons. I, I love, love raccoons. raccoons. That's crazy. They got this, this complicated They're raccoon so societies. In all the major cities of North America, they're everywhere. They like they just they they just survive and thrive and like. But you know, like out here, I get you know even in Ontario, these coyotes and stuff, but they don't they don't they're not balling. In major metropolis, metropolitan areas there's, like raccoons, there are definitely coyotes here. They're around. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. they're around, but I think there's something. But I don't think there is. It's like, like you could have like a family of raccoons like living in your alley in a mm-hmm. way that you would less likely to have a family of coyotes. Yeah, right. You have they, they like would, I don't. Do you, are you ever at the? Are you ever at the Burnaby campus of SFU? Or? I respect coyotes too. Yes. <laughs> well, there's because we've got like a family of raccoons there, and oh. just like I think if anybody wanted to have them exterminated, there'd be a fucking riot. Yeah, Because yeah. they're the cutest fucking things I ever saw. You're... I found one of, the, one of them was stuck up a tree in the middle of the quad one day, and I was just talking to it like, "Oh, buddy, <laughs> what are you gonna do up there?" Kate, did you ever know? Um, did you ever know Chris and my my friend uh, uh, from UBC, Dan Nance? I can't say that the name rings a bell. I that name rings a bell to me, but for other reasons, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, one of for reasons Racco- not raccoon related reasons, anyway. Not raccoon related reasons, but but for but but uh, he was he was uh, yeah he was a friend of mine from from. Uh, like from undergrad, uh, mm-hmm. had to eventually leave school and leave Canada. Actually, under ignominious uh, circumstances. Oh my! Uh, but um, Dan was like a, he was like a real animal lover, and like he and I remember like once he actually spent like thirty minutes with a UBC raccoon, just like gaining its trust, and then he pet him. <laughs> the raccoon loved it. Oh, I thought you were going to like, yeah. bit his face off, and that's why he had to leave. Yeah, Dan was hardcore, Dan. I wonder if the raccoons good. are starved for affection. I want to pet every <laughs> single one secret. of them, and I'm like, great, I'm going to just fucking get rabies. Yeah, I have two... I'm not recommending that people follow in his footsteps. No, no, no. But it's impressive. impressive, but stupid, so don't do that. Yeah. I have two the raccoon answer. stories. <laughs> okay. They both involve Kitsilano, because I feel like the raccoons over there are a bit more bold. Like in East Vancouver, they're full of organic foods. I guess I walk down the street in East Vancouver, and the raccoons scatter. And like, I went to go pick up my co-op car at like four in the morning to go fishing, and there were raccoons like raiding a garden. And I walked by them, and they were all running away. But in Kitsilano, the raccoons seem really super fearless. So 
the first one is, do you remember my basement apartment? That was, it was like 7th and Balaclava. And I it do. was underneath the like terrible abusive man. I and do his remember very that stressed out children. But me and Noel and Jen lived there. And it was really low ceilings. And we had the weird sex futon in the foyer. <laughs> yeah. You guys might, not you guys specifically, but there's some people I that. There's a lot of people who've had sex on that futon. There's, there's a lot of people that, sex on that maybe, futon. <laughs> maybe have been listening to this podcast that have had sex on that futon. And throwing it away was like kind of sad for me. It's just like sex ghosts <laughs> all I came up out of it. Ooh, that was fun! <laughs> but what I was going to say is that it was a basement apartment and you had to go under the guy's deck in order to... <laughs> Don't... I said deck! I tried to not laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you had just to go under his deck. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. You had to go uh, underneath the porch. <laughs> no, you also spit taped all still in my mouth. It was not a spit take. Okay. That also. <laughs> oh, fuck. Just dig and diggity dig. Maybe I'll edit this part out. Nope. Um, I had to go underneath the porch in order to access my basement door. Mm-hmm. And there was one night when we came around the corner and suddenly the motion detector lights went off, right? Mm-hmm. And the landlord had left garbage just sitting on his back porch as opposed to taking it away. There was a family of raccoons like tearing through the garbage and I had to go underneath the raccoons to get into my house so I stood there with my roommate just like what do we do I do not want to run under these raccoons we finally just kind of had to because they weren't we were like banging mm-hmm. sticks together to chase them off and they're like no we've got sweet sweet Kitsilano garbage here <laughs> yeah they're not gonna get rid of there and so eventually we ran underneath the porch and one of the fucking raccoons jumped down behind us and started hissing. Oh my god. And we're like, get the key. And it felt like a horror movie where you're like rattling the key in the lock oh and god. put it and then had to slam it behind us, just like <gasps> It's just like a little scrabble <laughs> at the door. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it was so creepy. That was good. Um, Thank you. My second fully artistry for you. <laughs> my second raccoon story that also involves Kitsilano is the time that my friend Allison and I were just walking around. We ran into our friend, another friend of ours that was like, I'm tripping balls on acid right now. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to come with me? And we looked at each other and we're like, both of us have never done acid before. Let's do some right now with you. (laughs) (laughs) We were just walking to get groceries and we just abandoned getting groceries and just did acid with her. I really miss my early 20s. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do you do that? Where it's like, oh, I was going to get food to live. Eggs and kale. It was like on a Tuesday or whatever. And we were just like, let's just take, you know, a half of a half of a half of a tab and split it and just had a little bit of acid. Just a little bit. And just hung out down by Kitsilano, you know, watching the beautiful ocean and all of that kind of stuff. And then as we were walking home, first we did the most cliched thing where we saw someone's uh, Monet Starry Night poster in the window and we were like, wow. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Shit. Anyway. Van Gogh Starry Night. <laughs> I didn't know. Monet's Starry Night would be pretty baller. Okay, cool. I like it. I invented a new thing. <laughs> yes. Somebody make that. Um, but we walked past someone like in their basement apartment had Van Gogh's Starry Night displayed. And we we're like, oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, so the appreciation. We also might have uttered the phrase, let's go home and really listen to some records. But then as we were just coming up to our house um, on Larch Street, there was a family of raccoons nesting in the hedgerow and they all turned at us and we're just like, and then we just stood there and we were just like, raccoons. 
we're fine. You don't understand, <laughs> and we understand you, and it's all good. And then they all retracted there, and they just stood, and we just stood and stared at each other for quite a long time. And then we kept moving. <laughs> and it was, like, the most, like, acidy trip thing where it's, like, we communed with the animals on a psychic level. And it was beautiful. So let's go home and really listen to some albums. Yeah, really listen to some albums. I did. I lay on my couch, and I put on my headphones, and I looked at a tree, and I just really listened to some records. And you read your Billy Corgan copy of Cat Fancy. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> I've actually never done acid since. That was the one and only time. You've and done it was, more acid than yeah. I have. It was then. beautiful. Yeah. I really liked it. I've just heard of some bad experiences of people taking too much. I think a half of a half of a half of a half of a tab is oh, great. A sixteenth, a thirty-two. I, I well, I think it's like a lot of like like hallucinogens that that just uh, like the you can like scaling up is does not work right. Mm-hmm. Like where it, where it's like and and it can really make a huge difference. Whereas it's like. Maybe when I first came out to Vancouver and, like, the pot was so strong. I remember having, like, one or two situations where, like, very large joints, probably with damn ants, actually, like, at, like had me, like, locked out in the forest or something, right? <laughs> but, like, for the most part, it's, like, if I smoke a very large joint, it's, like, I mean, I made, I made lose all self-respect and walk to Subway, or am I ta- go to That's sleep? your lack of self-respect <laughs> restaurant? You gotta fucking try harder, man. That's become... Yeah, I, I was I had successfully stopped eating I Subway for a long time. I regularly eat yeah. Subway for breakfast. I regularly eat Subway now, and it's and I, I that's another that piece of... That is so not even a shame food. Oh my God, you could do so much worse. You could I could do a lot worse. And I have. I can tell you. Oh, um, good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But but LSD is definitely a thing where it's like you just you take, like you, if you take too much, like you're you're done, right? Even in a way, like shrooms are no good too, but there's something I think even more extreme would be like LSD. Like you get the, yeah, you get a little, you get just a little Always shady. just do it. Don't, don't do drugs, but if you're going to do drugs, do I, it right. I, I wouldn't say don't, don't do drugs. Well, yeah, I feel I would, like I have to say it. I don't mean it. No, no you don't have do, to say you're it. You're going to lose drugs. all your big sponsorships? Do, Drug sponsorship. Like, I would love to be sponsored by weed. Oh my god, I kind of am. Just weed the I've, concept. I've sponsored weed on a regular basis. Yeah, if you're gonna do, take way less than you think you need, and yeah. if it's not doing anything for you, have a little bit more. Yeah, like if you're eating simple. weed, be so careful. Yeah, but also like, or just make sure there's a place you can go and sleep. But, like, if it's not doing anything for you, like, wait for another hour. Yeah. When you have that thought, hey, I don't think this is doing anything, wait for another hour and then see how you feel. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's definitely been instances in our collective friendships where, like, someone was like, I had this weed cake. And I ate some and it's not doing anything, so I'll eat some more. And then mm-hmm. we had to take them to the hospital. I've <laughs> never, I've never had a negative drug experience in my entire yeah. life. Woo. I know. I've been so cautious, though. I've been so cautious about it. I don't like anything super hard. I like the very rare shroom trip, and I never have more than, like, a gram and a half. Weed, I could just have until I go to sleep. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I don't think I've ever overdone it. I've definitely, like, had a brownie and been like, yikes. (laughs) Uh, But then I just go to sleep, Mm -hmm. and I sleep for nine hours, and I wake up, and I'm, ah, I'm so refreshed. I have nothing to worry about. And especially because you don't sleep that well for the best of time. No, I'm a terrible sleeper, so when I overdo it on, like, an edible, which hasn't happened often, it certainly hasn't happened recently... It's just dream times. It's just sleepy times. Yeah. And that's good stuff. But that's yeah. not true for everyone, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember I, in... I in uh, when I, well, I guess, I mean, it's on the list, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, when, I, when I lived in Mexico, 
uh, me and my fellow exchange students. Down um, in a Mexicali shoebox. Shoe our experiences weren't that different from that song. <laughs> More or less par for the course. Do we want to just go straight through or do we want to take a break and then come back to Mexico? Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just I was just gonna leave yeah, with the weed, this, the weed the weed the weed brownie story. Go for it. Story. The only time All I've right. seen people have this really seriously bad um, reaction to weed brownies were at at our party, but that's because we didn't label them. Oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a legal mistake in the sense that Mexico has a very poorly developed system of tort law. <laughs> but it's it it probably like, medically and morally a gray area. Do you think? <laughs> we, we just had too much weed, man. We just had to find something to do all that. What weed. a problem to yeah. have. That was a good time. Just call me. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll come down to Mexico. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So you had some people get a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, that party was those parties were nuts though. Yeah, no, it was like it was, they were totally ridiculous. Like they were so, those parties were like so, so packed that, because um, like I, we were like it was exchange students, so it was like all of the Mexican students would come and all of the exchange students would come, and mm-hmm. the parties would be so packed that like you couldn't get up and down the stairs. Ooh. So like I, I would just be easier, I thought, to like get on the roof and then just like <laughs> jump drunkenly onto the oh. um, onto the. Um, the uh, power pole, what do you call it, like, the telephone pole, Jesus. and like slide down like Batman. Oh, Ro- Robert! <laughs> it actually was like a very, like totally the most efficient mode of transport. But then, but then they like. Did you have any skin left on the inside of your arms after that, or? No, I was pretty. I was. I mean, I've been established. I'm a pretty greasy guy. I just slid, just right, slid, down. <laughs> I slid right down. <laughs> And then, like the next, and then like a few days later, like a representative from the neighborhood came and we're like, looking, listen, you white fucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you gotta stop having these crazy parties. Like we're trying to get some sleep. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk to the school. We're like, oh, it was, it was. It was serious. We didn't want to offend anyone, but like, it was. It was just. Uh, we're just young and stupid and having too many big parties. And then she was like, and I don't know who's been jumping onto the telephone pole and sliding down. But it's pretty oily, and I got yeah. a pretty good idea. Yeah, which pretty one good of you idea, is. you you greasy gringo son of a bee. You know. <laughs> He's like, let me tell you something. The last white fuck who lived here <laughs> had, had dead. ridiculous parties, slid down that goddamn pole, and the pole fell over and crushed two cars. They just replaced the pole. <laughs> it's a nice pole. More weeks before you white fucks moved in. <laughs> you white fucks. <laughs> I never said white fucks, but that was the that was the implied subtext. Heavily implied subtext. Heavily blatantly applied. Oh is that where we shall we leave it at that I'm and take weeping. a break? Yeah. You are actually actively weeping. Yeah. And when I come back I'll tell you, you guys about white our, fox. I'll tell you guys about our next party. Okay, great. Yeah, Let's take a break. So welcome back. We decided that we kinda wanted to talk a little bit about Bob's travels in Ecuador. And so you were saying that the story that we're maybe gonna talk about is teaching teaching sex ed um, to a, a village of uh, of, a, of Quechua individuals at the, at the top of the Andean mountains. <laughs> I mean, is that uh, where they grow quinoa? <laughs> yes, not in this village though. Oh, That's an interesting this story. This is a non-quinoa village. <laughs> yeah, no, this village didn't have shit. They had <laughs> guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, but even those, I'm pretty sure they had to like drive to another village that had kind of cor- cornered the market on guinea pigs. Oh god! Like this village was pretty rough. I mean, no, it was like it was a. Uh, uh, it like basically I was um, 
I was a volunteer in a in a student run, well a student kind of led health and sustainability project uh, uh, project in um, this like kind of r- rural Andean province in uh, Ecuador. Right. Andean is in like a high up. Yeah. How did you How did you even get involved in that? Maybe that's more of a yeah. story, but I don't know. I just like how how did you do that? <laughs> it was, you know what the, the that story is actually pretty banal. Okay, fine. <laughs> but, you but, applied to be part of a program. <laughs> yeah, you know what it was. I mean, basically, so this program is written. It's a it's a it's a it's a joint pro. It was a, I don't know if it's, I don't even know if it's still running actually, but it was a joint program with uh, the UBC Nurses College. Okay. Um, though though you didn't have to be a nursing student to to get involved if they just ran it. Mm-hmm. And a joint program between them and um, the Department of Indigenous Health of this province in Ecuador. Oh. Um, and although that makes it sound like it was like, oh, this is like really legit. This was like the least legit, <laughs> most just, just volunteerist. Uh, is this like, like white people teaching English in Asia? Kind of like you don't really need that many credentials. Or? You don't need that many credentials. Well, you know, but I mean, it was actually this, the reasons for why things we did do things that were kind of useful. But the reasons for why we're messed up were, were kind of like a combination of all of the usual kind of like post-colonial critiques of those sorts of those sorts of projects, but also some other stuff that might be even a little counterintuitive, right? That kind of gets left out when people say those sorts of things. The the real problem actually. I, I would say was uh, there was actually very little we had very little institutional support like okay. it, it, it more or less just became a, it had become like a student run project so you guys were just on your own make this up go to these places just talk to people about stuff kind of like there was there was there was a there was kind of a curriculum there was or, or maybe more like a series of things that 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 but the Department of Health wanted us to talk about and that we want to talk about their interests were more or less aligned, but we just didn't have any supports. Okay. So like the so like the the people like the contacts at the nurse at in the nursing school who like the uh, who um who through whom we would apply for grants and stuff like that, like they contributed nothing. Okay. Like this was this was like a complete it was it it was clear or our opinion by the end of the project was this was a cynical way for them on their own granting ap- applications these tenure professors to say that they ran this stuff but they did nothing. So we yeah. fundraised like everything and then we would go and like really like the Department of Indigenous Health were the only ones we had any sort of meaningful interaction with. Like mm-hmm. no people on our, our side. And like the Department of Indigenous Health in Ecuador is about as robust and well-resourced as you would imagine the Department of Indigenous Health in a Latin American country would be, which is fucking Sweet nothing. Sweet fuck all, yeah. Nothing. They had no money in anything, right? Like, they had their, their own, some, they had their own health. The individuals <laughs> in the office appeared to be fairly ro- physically robust. That is just about the gr- best health-oriented resources they had. Robust is the word of the day. <laughs> so it was, it was just a bit of a, it was just a, it was just a bit of a disaster, right? Like, it was, <laughs> Um, and and so, but, so basically, what happens is like we fundraised the whole thing ourselves. We kind we talked with previous groups that had gone, um, but the, and and but we had very little. We we continuously we knew I mean, we knew all like the horror stories of these sorts of projects, right? Like you try to have more, you know, make sure you're you're you have uh, people you're going to work with like involved the ground level and all those sorts of stuff. But the Department of Health there just had neither had like the resources and, and frankly probably the inclination to mm-hmm. to yeah. really work with us in any meaningful way. It's right. a hard thing. Like I remember studying this in like while I was doing my public health degree, where it's like okay, you're going to go in as like a practicum student, yeah, and so you want the local agency to be there, and you don't just want to be like the white person parachute 
parachuted in to yeah, like yeah. run a program. Mm-hmm. But then often a lot of the times the students would encounter just like nobody actually cares that I'm here or doing this. Yeah. So I guess I'm just gonna go do this thing. Mm-hmm. And is that kind of how it felt where you were just like, I guess we're sort of on our own. That's exactly what it was like. Mm-hmm. That was exactly 100% what, what it was like. There was, there was a decent amount of buy-in and interest from the actual communities we ended up getting set up in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in terms of yeah in terms of uh, mostly I think for resources it was just like yeah you guys come out here and do whatever it is you do or they kind of knew what we would be doing um, and uh, and and the interesting thing was actually I would say that there are variety there were a variety of things that we were coming in to the communities that we were going to do and that we some of which we actually did that were <laughs> totally valuable I would say that ultimately the the real thing though the real critique to be made was just that if that Department of Health was even was moderately well funded and staffed, um, and if the Ecuadorian state and this was like a pre kind of uh, um, like a pre uh, what was his name Rafael Correa was like the he had just been elected president he was one of like the kind of the re- the pink tide leftist indigenous friendly sort of governments that came along with like Chavez and Venezuela and um, and uh, Morales and Bolivia. Um, so like th- it looked like that was about to change, but, th- but th- this was like a very understaffed sort of situation. They could have like if they had their own money, they could have brought in people to talk about HIV, right? Like they could mm-hmm. have brought in. I mean, there were some things we brought in that like you know like engineering techniques for building like fuel efficient stoves. Hmm. Like there were like there were there were a variety of things that like my like my my experiences were very interesting because on one hand like a lot of the critiques of kind of Western intervention were true, but right. also there were a lot of things that like. Like I'm, I'm an academic, you know, so it's like I, I, you understand, like that experience really drove home to me and prepped me for studying with like a bunch of post-colonial scholars that have never spent any time in the places that they, they live in oh, or yeah. knew where. So you know, like they were, but like so, for instance, the idea that for instance, uh, for instance, that there would be like you know, like local indigenous knowledge to deal with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like first off, like a lot of those knowledge these law systems which we all assume exist like have been completely disrupted in a variety of those communities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there would be people who um so so for instance there would be communities down i say down the street but like on the the next mountain top over <laughs> that's literally what you're doing like, we're on the top of a mountain and it's there's like a there's one single lane road and you can't the microphone can't pick up my air quotes but i'm putting air quotes <laughs> around road um and you would have to get in the back of a pickup truck and you know it was it was in extreme isolation like the amount of labor that people had to do to grow crops on the top of a fucking mountain right like literally on the slopes like these dudes i don't know for sure i don't have the history or the anthropological knowledge to know how people move where they did but you you certainly got the impression that colonialism pushed the most quichua of all those quichua characters <laughs> to like the top of like a like side of a cliff to grow their <laughs> potatoes and rutabagas and uh and 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 variety of beets they just had so many beets i could never eat another beet in my life <laughs> right? so they didn't know you know like they just it was just like it was it was like you had these people you know one mountain over they would be growing quinoa for mm-hmm. instance and that's like an area that quinoa would have come from and it was you know it's super food and it's very good for them and then like in our community no one knew what quinoa was like straight up shit and and you're talking like you know like that is, mountain over there that mountain like you could see the mountain where they were growing the quinoa you couldn't see the quinoa it's very tiny it's very small yeah it was very <laughs> difficult to see but um, uh you know and so like stuff like that right other stuff is like you know health stuff where it was like 
like you know okay there might be a bunch of there might, might have been a bunch of indigenous knowledge about like local crops that can be grown you know that satisfy a bunch of things and so actually like the our greatest ally who really was basically running shit for us was the Quechua um health worker Okay. I guess like a level below a nurse or maybe she was a nurse mm -hmm. um, who knew both like a bunch of the nutritional what we would think of as nutritional sciences but also knew about all the local crops cool. okay. so it was like there was indigenous knowledge but that didn't mean that everyone in these different communities had all that knowledge mm -hmm. right and 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 so so that was a that was a thing but actually the most extreme stuff was definitely or the most interesting stuff was was the sex and stuff <laughs> that's right. what we've been like baited breath like, yeah just so eager like tell us okay. which is like sometimes i'm thinking like if i'm going to interrogate my own position here uh i'm like oh my god katie you're really just so excited to see like what did the quichua people think that sex was <laughs> like that it like that i it's diminutizing i'm being an asshole inside of myself right now yeah well i mean you know when you're when you're far removed from like an experience or like a location like, mm -hmm. like there, you know, there's a lot. Like a lot of people, you know, we talk a lot about like, okay, like, you know, like don't exoticize, you know, certain people mm -hmm. or those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's a discussion in which there's like, like the only impulse to do that is this like, you know, this like oppressive colonial. It's like no, it's like you know what, like if if you were to bring a bunch of those folks up here, some of the people I was living with this would all seem exotic as fuck. Yeah. Right? It's and so not... the reason that I, like, was interested in this story is not because I want to yeah. be like, look at these dumb people. No, like, not at I all. Work in, I work in HIV research and, like, sex research. Like, sex research. You know what I mean. I do. Um, and that this is my thing where it's, like, I love to teach, so I love to learn how people learn. Mm -hmm. But yeah. then there's, like, a really big barrier in terms of especially, like, culture. Yeah. How do you teach people about stuff that we... No, again, the yeah. microphone is not picking up my quotes. Like, how do we know that as like an objective scientific fact? How diseases are transmitted? Mm -hmm. How do you, yeah. how do you talk about this kind of stuff? I've been a sex ed educator, but it's to like high school kids or to uh, first year teaching students. You know, I teach them how to talk about sex ed to their students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've never done anything with like talking to people with a very different cultural mm -hmm. background than me. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know. So I'm not also trying to exoticize your... But I also no, I can't wait, I wait to hear about this. <laughs> it's very exotic, the experience. <laughs> exotic? The experience is very exotic. It's so exotic. Um, okay, so I mean, basically we just oriented things around, like, sex ed was, was a huge thing. In, right. And in, 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 in some of these, these villages, these communities were like, you know... Was there, a, was there a mandate from that local health authority to be like, diseases are rampant? Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. 100%. So, like, so like there, there, there were two major things we dealt with. Right. The first thing we had to deal with was the, and, and both of both of which were heavily supported by the communities. They wanted this information. Okay. Cool. The, the 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 first one was um, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm -hmm. So there were some sexually transmitted diseases that like only came in with like colonialism that had been around for four hundred years or whatever. Sure. And it'll be like syphilis and you know, all the chlamydia and the usual I stuff. Heard, all the chlamydias. I heard from my uncle at uh, at Christmas last weekend. Mm -hmm. We we do Dutch Christmas, so mm -hmm. it's earlier in the year. Uh, that syphilis was actually a disease that originated in the oh, New World as that. a spirochete. It was called Yang's disease or something. Yeah. I'll look it up. But then, so my uncle said this really quippy thing around the dinner table. He was like, oh, yeah, all the conquistadors brought every other disease, but at least they brought syphilis back to the New World. And <laughs> so so the French called it the Italian disease. The Italians called it the French disease. Like, it just yeah. got passed around, but it was apparently from a spirochete in... 
Yeah. The new world, they, they, et cetera. They didn't call it the Bob disease because French and Italian were the greasiest signifiers they had <laughs> at, at, available to them at the time. You're the greasy. Are you German, Bob? I don't know. Like, your last German name is Czech. Neubauer. Yeah, yeah he's right. like the greasiest German that ever lived. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't think we'd be such a sexually liberated people, but it's just you. It's just you. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail you, but that literally was what my uncle said across the table to me. It's like, oh, at, at least, least they, they brought, brought that back to the back. old world. <laughs> That's it, interesting. The French but, disease. But it was that um, syphilis was, or like what was precursor to syphilis. I believe it's called Yaws disease, uh, Y-A-W-S, but I can Wikipedia it like I did at the dinner table that day because I didn't believe him. He Apparently it's a skin-to-skin transferring kind of disease, but then when it migrated to the colder climates, the virus managed to migrate to the most tropical locales on the human body, which was the the nads. Yeah, the The nads. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. (laughs) I believe the scientific term is nards. Bob, can you verify? That's what we went with. (laughs) So I kind of thought that was funny that tropical diseases would travel and then become sexually transmitted because that's the warmest wettest yeah. parts of ourselves. That's a lot. <laughs> anyway. You're gross, I guess. Oh, okay, so I guess... I guess <laughs> no, it's just me too. I'm so also I, gross. So I guess syphilis, syphilis was around and yeah. whatever. I didn't mean to so well actually you. <laughs> no, go for it. I don't know anything. You know, like, most, most most of my knowledge of syphilis is, is uh, you know, well, well that's Personal later in the story. Experience. But it, but no, so it was, it was, so there were... There were, you know, there were a bunch of diseases that were that were common and and certain would, but like the pathology mm-hmm. was not like like the pathology involved a bunch of like indigenous knowledge and here's and here's where like I'm, you know I'll be a little inappropriate. But I, I think it was just it was just nonsense. Like I'm just gonna straight up say it. You can quote all the Spivak you want at me, and it still still be nonsense. <laughs> like uh, and 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 and, be, and and you know it would be things like you know like someone would curse. Like tuberculosis or or gonorrhea could be like the product of a curse that some a yak chuck would put on your kid or whatever. I mean, not hopefully not syphilis, but like <laughs> gonorrhea on your kid, you know. And then you had to go to the yak chuck. And the thing is, it's like the yak chucks and like the you know these dudes like these these kind of medicine folk. Like I don't think people realize it's like people think that like you know like it's like it's it's really funny. It's like when people understand that Pfizer has like this monopoly on your drugs in North America, they're all like, what a bunch of monopolist criminals. But then like a lot of these same Mostly academics and activists are like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, but the yak chuck down there, he's legit. It's like, no, he's just the Pfizer of the Ecuadorian region, right? It's he's a just Pfizer. he's making a fucking fortune. Folks are like, folks are like really, they don't have access to uh, easy access to uh, to uh, antibiotics, mm-hmm. you know, and nor nor would they have easy access to clinics that would distinguish whether whether or not you needed them. So that mm-hmm. was a very popular thing. So it's mm-hmm. like, but the problem was that. You know, there were some. Not only were there diseases that could be treated with antibiotics, there were new STIs, especially. Mm-hmm. We should call them STIs. Is that the yeah? It's STI STIs. STIs? thing now. Yeah. yeah okay. We don't say disease. We say infection. Infection. Now. Okay. It has less uh, name, like stigma connotations. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's. Well, there you go. As you do. I mean, your piss brains either way, but. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, you can tell with my obsessions that I'm rounding out the end of a, of a social sciences dissertation. Um, but, uh, uh, but um, yeah, no, so basically, but what would happen is that the economy that existed for, like, the seasonal economy of people in these communities, like, a lot, a lot of folks, I think, 
almost entirely, maybe entirely dudes, would go to the coastal cities to work. Mm-hmm. And while they were going to the coastal cities to work, I would visit often. Some of them would visit sex workers, or they would mm-hmm. have flings, or some of them were married back home. Some of them weren't married back home. You know, whatever yeah. people and people would come back. And the thing was that that because of mostly because of I guess globalization and the global economy, um, you know. HIV, especially HIV, but a variety of other things have, have skyrocketed in these areas that never would have had them because of, you know, coming out of these ports. Yeah, the isolation's broken, right? So um, so there were, those were things that, like, no one had any local knowledge around. Right, right. Um, would they? New things. Yeah, Ecuador, like, you know, if you were living in a city in Ecuador, like, like you know, only recently maybe they had started seriously having education programs for that, and if you're, like, one of these completely, basically abandoned indigenous communities mm-hmm. like you no one was telling you anything you didn't know anything so they didn't know they didn't know anything about these sorts of things right uh so about those the diseases. only contact that they had with any kinds of new diseases were people that were traveling back and forth between Correct. the cities and yeah these very isolated places yeah. so then it's like yeah how would you have known exactly you wouldn't if you know. were living there you would never have experienced that unless your people are yeah. traveling yeah. yeah like one of the major problems was actually that like the, that that the local health authorities had were that they actually didn't know what mm-hmm. the levels of disease were of certain diseases in these areas because no one had tested for them and no one right. had ever thought to test for them, right? So we weren't we weren't doing any testing, obviously, or anything like, anything like that. But we were talking about okay, this is how to put a condom on a rutabaga. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's useful, right? And like we talk about you know and safe and we talk about safe sex and we talk about all all, all that sort of stuff. And I just remember. Um, I had this very, and it was really weird for some reason. I always ended up teaching the sex ed stuff, and regardless of the gender content, there'd always just be people there for me. It didn't matter what I was talking about. Like, I just thought I was a, clearly, oh, this guy's pretty greasy. He knows about STIs. Goddamn, man. <laughs> you know, and, and I remember these, these, this one. Not he before. looks like he's had a lot of sex. <laughs> yeah, this one older dude, though, right? Like, he, he looked at me and he, and he asked a question. He was like, so I was explaining the difference between HIV, which, um, I mean, even at that time, uh, antiretrovirals, even like eight years ago, antiretrovirals, I don't, we wouldn't have, today I would have said something very differently, mm-hmm. right? Like we wouldn't have talked about there being a, cu- a cure, but we would have talked about treatment. Yeah, it's, now you it's don't talk changed about so differently. Now we even have treatment, we have like pre- Yeah. Infection prophylaxis, prophyla- yeah. yeah. Though, though, fair, though in fairness, like even now, none of that stuff would be available in these no, communities at all. Not they, at all. They wouldn't have any of that stuff. Um, don't have the Skrilla. Yeah. So, so I would, you know, we're like, okay, like this HIV is very, very serious. You know, like chlamydia, gonorrhea, that stuff's serious too, but it can be treated with antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, HIV is a viral infection. Um, there is no cure. There's treatment, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then, and like this, this man, he was like a middle-aged dude. Um, and up there, it's like you living like a mile up in the air and like there's just brutal not hot sun but like the uv rays are intense and so it's like you look like you're 72 when you're 34 this guy could have been 17 for all i know but i i thought that he was like and and that's and that has nothing that's not like about uh kichwa society that is something that i think you will find amongst all societies anywhere mm-hmm. people live in rural environments where they just just, yeah, they just get wet. Way up a mountain. Yeah, yeah and so, you work outside fucking every day, and you're yeah. just turned into a little leather apple. That's exactly sculpture. It. Yeah, which is actually pretty. I mean, that's, that's know, appropriate description, but that's very similar. To that. yeah. Um, but but this dude was just like, so you say that HIV, like you know, is a virus you can't cure with antibiotics. But you're saying that chlamydia can be cured. I'm like, yes, chlamydia can be cured. It's you know, bacterial. Can treat, you can treat chlamydia, right? And then he was he was just like, how do you know for sure? And I was like in front of all these 
Q12 folks, I was just like, because, my friend, <laughs> I have had chlamydia, and today I'm as healthy as a horse. <laughs> a horse without chlamydia. <laughs> a horse without chlamydia. Everyone laughed. I think there may have been a cheer. White fuck is this chlamydia is fine, this guy. This guy This guy beat chlamydia! This white fuck beat chlamydia. This white gringo fuck beat chlamydia. Wow, I love it. That's so good. That was a good one. It was it was a very it was a beautiful. And then they all picked you up on their tiny shoulders and carried you out, singing your praises. Yes, that's right. They kicked my ass in Ecuadorian rules volleyball. Yeah, I because we were friends at that point. Like that was just around the time everybody got Facebook was when you were doing that. So you were like posting photos of your time in Ecuador. And I remember like you're you're tall, but you're not like freakishly tall. What are you six two? Six six one. Six one. People always think I'm taller than I am. Yeah. You just have a gravitas about That's you, you it. know. So, but everybody there came up to below your nipples. Oh yeah, it was extreme. You were—they're so tiny. Yeah, they could all bench you press look you. So big. Yeah, they're strong. They're, they're, yeah. That was why. That's why I'm still obsessed with Ecuadorian rules volleyball. Because like you would play, we'd play on the top of a mountain. Because, but it's like, which is you have to be careful because it's like the town square is like on the top of this you mountain. You lose that fucking so, ball. Yeah, you're never getting it back. You're never getting it back. It's down in the quinoa fields. Yeah, now. not until the rutabaga harvest. <laughs> <laughs> then you can have more condom models. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how this works, kids. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, but it was like they were rutabaga supply. It's so chosen. That's why I chose it. It's a true show. That's why I chose it for the joke story. Yeah, because it's not why I chose. I didn't choose it. I can't remember what. I'm, I'm sure I chose a much more a morphologically appropriate. Uh, tuber. I think it's good to, <laughs> <laughs> for the actual demo. I think it's good to it's good to show that a condom, a regular condom that you would get, would fit on a very large, wide tuber because yeah. it actually stretches so much farther. That's right. <laughs> it's not a tuber. It's not a tuber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That was the second lesson. I <laughs> it's not but, a tuba. Okay, tuber no, my serious, my serious point. Because a lot of a lot of men maybe will see like young men, teenagers, whatever, will see the demonstration on like a cucumber or banana <coughs> and then they'll try a condom on themselves and they'll just be like, Oh, it's too tight. But then if you <laughs> not in that voice. <laughs> Those the Middle East some of us just claim that not it's quite as much whining as <laughs> but it's like it's too tight. And then one really effective demonstration that I saw was where, like, someone just filled a condom with water until it expanded to, like, this huge oh, thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? It can actually fit a lot. Mm-hmm. So you're fine. And to fit it on, like, the biggest root vegetable and to see it actually roll all the way down and stay there is, like, very good. Yeah. You know, so then it's like no one has a no one has an excuse to be like, no way, you're no, my giant penis could not possibly (laughs) be contained by this weird invention that you've brought. Like if you could lay it, why do I sound like I'm from Brooklyn? (laughs) (laughs) That's all they talk down there. If you could roll it over a rutabaga and just have it stay at the bottom, then it's totally fine. Roll it over your pasta (laughs) fazool. Roll it over some soap <laughs> 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 
That's not to say that condom size isn't important, and if it's too tight on you and it rolls up as soon as you put it on, you gotta it go will shoot off, so you should size up, and that's totally fine. We got but a big most, old dick. Most people think that it doesn't fit on them when it just feels a little bit tight, and it's fine. It should be a little so tight. It can you don't want it to like, be baggy. It's like yeah, good, no, it's, it's like having a good bra fitting where it's like it's got to cut in just a little bit onto your sides to be otherwise able to like... Otherwise, them titties going to fall out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the 90s, I always used to wear my condoms baggy. <laughs> <laughs> With like your Tommy Hilfiger briefs yeah. like showing on the top. Much, I, I'm a much bigger fan of like the, 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 the hipster tight condom trend. I'm like, the, 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 <laughs> it's so much safer. It, it, you get a lot less chlamydia a now. Lot. I get so much less chlamydia these days, you wouldn't believe. I've cut down my chlamydia You would not believe. 15, 20. 20%. My rate of chlamydia infection is just, I don't want to say plummeted, but it's tapered off. <laughs> it's that graph thing again. <laughs> it's that graph thing again. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Wow. Right. So. I'm really fun, I'm really enjoying having a, having like a time where I'm in a room and like I'm speaking and pontificating on stuff, but I'm not... Like, as with my student, like, students like legally required not to say what's on my mind. Not to say about the time that you got chlamydia. <laughs> the time I got, I've never made any chlamydia jokes. Well, no, what that's not wi- true. <laughs> I make a lot of inappropriate jokes. I just leave out all the autobiographical stuff. So, a guy I know who definitely is a name, Bob. <laughs> hey. He got chlamydia one time. Yo, my friend uh, Tom Frugauer. <laughs> my friend. You want to let that guy? He's greasy. My... He's a greasy white fuck. He's a greasy gringo fuck. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna. This is that's the title of this episode: is Greasy White greasy Fucks. White fucks. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, oh man. Fish out of greasy white fucks out of water. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Folks, folks were, it's not like folks were totally, like, you know, folks didn't have, um, like, a lot of the information on some of those, some of those STIs, but they knew about, they knew about condoms. But the, the, the issue with condoms, though, is that the only access they had was at this, this clinic that is, like, so many mountain tops over. <laughs> like, it's God. like, it's really, it's grim. Like, basically, it's like the area we were in, and I suspect that there were a variety, like, this was very common in that, in that part of the country, but, like, it was kind of like, there'd be a bunch of villages on a variety of mountains, and they were all kind of oriented around, like, like a small, like a, I guess a, a small city, not a small city, like a, what we would think of as a small town, like, um, in, like, in some valley or some, it was, it was like a hub. So like that's where you would like you would grow your rutabagas, you bring your rutabagas down to sell, and then you would buy something from the market that was right that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there was a health clinic there, and you get free condoms. But we got some of those condoms, and then we compared them with the condoms we brought, which was like Primo, the Primo, Primo condoms. condoms. Now was it Durex or was it Lifestyles that you were able to get? Because I've got a whole thing at my work where we're having a Lifestyles versus Durex uh, fight because Lifestyles sponsors a lot of stuff. Yeah, and directs not so much. They're a lot more expensive because they're thicker quality. They're a lot better. They feel better. And a lot of the women that I work with doing outreach are like, "We want the directs." Mm-hmm. We're like, "Oh, we only have the lifestyles," and they're like, "They're shitty." And then when we have directs, it's like gold mm. that we can hand out. Mm. You know, it you know was, what? I, it was see, like this, but I think it was like some third name condom brand that right. was even sh- shady. See, I'm and I'm not a total outlier in your experience of doing um, sex ed because I used to volunteer for Planned Parenthood before options came in uh, mm. as the sort of like de facto um, sexual health clinic in BC. So like in 2002, I was working at a Planned Parenthood clinic in North Delta and uh, giving out, and it was all uh, lifestyles and 
Trojan, basically. And oh. nobody likes the Trojans. Like, nobody liked those. They were, they broke, people would tell us that they broke all the time. Sorry, mm-hmm. like, don't sue me, please, Trojan. But, um, no, yeah, no, no, no. The lifestyle, the lifestyles were definitely the ones that we would use to turn into, like, balloon displays. Because <laughs> they had a lot of give to them. Like, they would just really inflate nicely. So, I don't, I, I can't really speak for having done a lot of condom testing recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that there is definitely a lot of preference in, in brand, although I suppose you can't really be choosy if you're living on a mountaintop, like two mountains away from Quinoa town. Yeah. I think they just chose not to use them almost. Like, I think it was like, it, these kind of sucked. They were okay. no good. Like I, like, and, uh, and, and so like, I think. Dick bags, condoms. Dick bags, condoms. <laughs> Dick bags. <laughs> Generic condom, right? Like it was, yeah. Like I, like it was, you know, it's, it was just, it was President's just, it was choice. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, like most of the stuff that we went at, and did down there, and we, and we drop off like a shit ton of condoms with the help local help folks and all that stuff. But like, but uh, you know, like like I said, like most of the stuff, like we did a few useful things there, like the sex health stuff. I think mm-hmm. was quite useful. But like, it was almost, it was all, it was all stuff that could have been done by local actors if they had the resources or the inclination. Mm-hmm. That's that's absolutely clear. That's it. That being said, like I think it was quite a lovely experience. Like I think that we had like a really like I. I, I really happy that I went there and, and did what I did but I mean at the same time like it was yeah it was like I said it was weird on one hand like I, I could certainly claim that we did things that were valuable and I don't mm-hmm. think it was as, as totally ridiculous as sometimes the critiques can make it out but at the same time I think the, the substance of the critiques are correct that they don't they wouldn't need it wasn't that there was not things for us to do it's just that it didn't have to be us yeah. coming from UBC um, to do that mm-hmm. right like this was about this was about uh, this was about making the local authorities incredibly meager resources stretch further i Mm -hmm. think more Mm -hmm. i think that was the big that was the big thing right um and and then and then i i I spent a lot of time um explaining a a a diagram of a vulva to them as well (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's a good one that's a good picture of that one what's a vulva yeah i think it's some kind it's some kind of (laughs) rutabaga <laughs> that's, how, that's my understanding. <laughs> it's represented on this summer squash here. <laughs> yeah, it's like a vulva is like a rutabaga if you cut it in half and spread it out really far. That's what <laughs> I how meant. far? Well, pretty far because like a lot of the rutabagas like it's going. Katie, the I see you've never you've never seen my prize rutabagas <laughs> that I've grown and they are. Spectacular. Yeah, but if you like, if you like, spread it out, then you can see all the sensitive areas on the rutabaga once you cut it open. You see where that it spreads like a lot where farther than you thought. On the it rutabaga was. is the clitoris. It's like it's one of the seeds. It's like just way up there somewhere. No, but what I'm trying to tell you is that it's appropriate. <laughs> the clitoris is the whole rutabaga spread oh. out. In do, have you guys seen the? No, but not not rutabaga. But have you guys seen that the diagram? Proper of, clitoris diagram. Yeah, of yeah. the clitoris where it's actually like these wings that spread out yeah. oh, all throughout. Right. The it looks vulva. like a deep sea octopus or something mm-hmm. like that, but it's inside of us. Well, us, not you. Yeah. <laughs> but so the clitoris is just one wee nub at the top, and then it like spreads out into all these waves. All the nerves. All the nerve endings, yeah. Yeah. So they did, like, a chart of that, and then it's, like, if you actually look at what the clitoris is, it's actually this big network of stuff, and it goes, like, way farther, like, into the upper thigh area and, like, all kinds of good stuff. That sounds fucking made up. I was just going to say, I feel very uncomfortable now that, you know, I really wish I hadn't told that village that the clitoris was a myth. (laughs) (laughs) I feel... (laughs) 
Like, like, get one if you're cursed by the, uh, <laughs> what was the name of the medicine, dude? The yak chuck. I was like, the chachki. I shouldn't say <laughs> shit to the, about the yak chuck, because I'm going to get fucking, yeah, I'm going to get the evil, cursed. the curse, you're gonna the get, evil eye. You're going to get mecha, uh, you're going to get crazy chlamydia now. Like, crazy super chlamydia. chlamydia. Yeah. Super gonorrhea, super, which is yeah. a real thing that you can get. Yeah, it's so weird. everybody use condoms. Yeah. If you, if you're sleeping with a new person. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who just likes to fuck a lot. <laughs> but the best part about the clitoris is that it, like, can extend. <laughs> I think it's pretty Besides cool. Besides everything, the best part about the clitoris. But is that it, it can extend, actually, like, into the vagina itself? Oh okay, and what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, basically, so it's, like, cover more territory. Yeah. It's not just the clit at the top. It's, like, this, all the areas all feel real good. It's just so clit it just, all the way down. Yeah. But it's like it's all clit. It's not just other stuff. So that it's I mean, all part of the clitoris. Yeah. The clitoris system. Yeah. So like, pay attention to everything and just really have a good time. Just get in there. So the sexual education you were doing was not techniques and stuff. It was, it was just techniques. all safer sex techniques. It was all safer sex. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it was. It was. Yeah. It was very. Like actually, the reason I was even pointing at that vulva diagram to begin with i think that that particular session you know what it was it was re, it was reproductive stuff oh right there, there were cer- there were certain things that were like very um that like would strike you as odd like it would strike you as odd that certain th- were, like like so for instance like there, were, there was not actually i was you would you would just almost like assume that that folks would have very like you know local systems to like women who have local systems to know their cycles mm-hmm. and either like they didn't or they did a fantastic job of making us feel needed because okay. they operated under the assumption did you guys have like pads and stuff or we brought out tons of pads we also brought out tons of like reusable pads we actually got like a local company to sponsor us bringing a shit ton of oh, okay like cotton uh stuff that stuff that like would not need to be consistently replaced like purchased That's again. awesome just has to be washed just had to be washed yeah exactly right freaking a um, and and so we did that. Were they called Luna pads? Yeah, oh, they're yeah. definitely called Luna pads. Yeah, totally yeah, five. Yeah, there you go. So we, Luna pads <laughs> That's up with a whole bunch of stuff. We brought it, brought them down. Um, and then there were, but then there were certain things. Because the, the other big problem beyond sex ed was like, um, was uh, well, pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like the level of it, like it was, and and so for a variety of reasons, it's like okay, so the local clinic has shitty condoms, right? Like you, um, it's you, it's you, you, it's not like oh, the condoms are all good, so you go down the street and get fitted with the uh with the iud right yeah like it was not there was not very many options so uh, you kind of had you kind of had to fall back i know this is it's not considered this wouldn't be considered the best thing to do but we kind of have to fall back mostly on the rhythm rhythm method the rhythm method sense. is incredibly effective if you know your cycle yeah that's and the if you know how to pull out on time if you know how to pull out on time yeah. so it's, it's just, like it's like a partner process right, right. Yeah. it's like you yeah. gotta be really good at timing on both ends yeah, yeah. But so yeah, so for a variety of reasons, it was like we didn't know if it would be. It certainly would always be ideal, partially because like you, we, you know, we, if 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 diets are regular or if nutrition's an issue, then like that has that fucks a, with your cycle. That fucks time. with your cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, there was something I think that was actually the session that I had anything to do with that the most people came out to, and that was the session that was the funniest because first it was like I was just like pointing to the. I had one session where I was just like pointing to the vulva picture. There's a pretty great picture of it. It looked pretty shady. And everybody's like, oh, no. They weren't that bashful. No. Like, it's a quiet, the culture is pretty quiet, especially amongst like white outsiders or whatever. Sure. But it's not like, 
you know, like people were pretty people like you know, you weren't supposed to be super loud and forward, no. but like people weren't like they were keen on learning. They were keen on learning. They wanted to yeah. know. They thought it was useful. Useful to know. But but when we when we did like um like cycle bracelets and like learning how to like right like and like and like how to like plan out you know how to like uh, measure your cycle you know the next three months keep you know keep track and yada yada and then base your bracelet on that or whatever if you don't know I feel know like cycle. I need one of these <laughs> yeah you have to remember they would have yeah. like a, like beads like colored beads right mm -hmm. time you know that were out with, with what your cycle was or whatever and uh, people were super into that but it was really weird because it's like I was like this one dude and I think there was another woman from my group and then I w it was just me, us and like 15 four foot tall indigenous woman between the ages of like 16 and 70 <laughs> right you know and you're, and like, you're trying to teach them about their periods i was stuff. trying to teach them about their periods that's wild but uh yeah but it was but it, for them it was a huge thing right because it Not was totally. just like they would uh they, they had very they had very little autonomy over their own reproductive situation i think at that point or in that particular community i don't mm -hmm. know how it extends to other areas but it was like it was like a thing right and like yeah. and uh and also, like it was a very, it was an, this was an intensely patriarchal community. Sure. So it was like, so actually, I, I would argue almost that like there is a, there was a, re well, I mean, I think no one would disagree with this. But there was, there was, a, there was a, there was a real gendered kind of empowerment dimension to not because like the second you have the kid, you're kind of dependent on the dude, right? A little mm -hmm. bit, right? Like, mm -hmm. like because like even though, which is not to say you stop working. Yeah. Right, like these 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 women would like have some of these women would like be having like would work in like the I say the fields, but once again, it's like a slope, like a forty five degree angle. Jesus, right? Fuck. Like they're growing <laughs> shit at an angle, right? Like yeah. and like so they'd be working until like a few days before they had their kid, mm -hmm. and then they're like supposed to be off in the field again in like five days or something, yeah. like a week or something. It's crazy, right? And like and uh, and actually one one of the few times in which like kind of cultural translation became not a big issue became a moderate issue was that the the catch the quechua i keep saying quechua i actually can't remember if it's quechua or quechua that's really pathetic and and, and telling that it's been I, a uh, while yeah you i couldn't remember it then because because one of them one of them is the language group in peru and one of them is the language group in ecuador and they're very very similar mm -hmm. quechua mm -hmm. and quechua so it's like i i i no matter how many times people explain it to me, I couldn't remember. You've tried to cover your butt as best as you can, so don't yeah, worry about it. I've done the best it. I can do about it. Yeah, so, so, um, but they would be really, um, uh, some of these, yeah, so one, one of the, like, like the, the, uh, the health worker, the Kichwa health worker, she was like, she was doing this thing where it's like, you know, like, we don't have any maternity leave here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to work all the way up to the thing and then they have to stop. And they were like, will you come in front of the, this, we're going to have a health, one of our town meetings, health meeting, right? Will you, one of you talk a little bit about maternity leave in Canada. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty, and we were we were almost a little bit like hesitant because it was like, okay, it's like, that's a very specific institutional arrangement mm -hmm. that comes out of a bunch of like, you know, it's like they couldn't, it would be very difficult for them to just, they don't have the governmental supports to implement that, but maybe they would come up with some sort of community-based sort of thing. Where it, yeah. I think it was just like, she was just like, you know, don't, you don't have to advocate for anything. Don't tell anyone what they should do, but just say, this is how you do it in Canada. Explain mm -hmm. how you do it in Canada. So, okay, this is the time you get for mat leave and you can, uh, you know, and, and, and so on. And it was actually this is a very, this is maybe not so funny, but like it was it was, I mean it was funny in a black black comedy sort of way, mm -hmm. um, in which uh, one of the community leaders after we talked someone talked one of the women talked about maternity leave one of the women in our group talked about maternity leave, and um, and the principal of the school who was a bit of a joker, right, <laughs> um, but uh, was 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 he was something he was like. 
oh, this is very interesting. You have the maternity leave, right? And he's just like, and he's like, uh, maybe when in our community is when the woman has a kid, the, the man should just, should do a bunch of the housework and the chores hmm. for like a few weeks. And like hmm. everyone's like silent for like five seconds. And then he's just like, <laughs> and like all the men burst out laughing. The the fucking women are even stonier face than usual. Right? Like just oh faces like fucking just like unimp like faces like just unimpressed all over written all over their face. Everywhere you go. We're like, oh man, we were the, men are the worst. We're the worst everywhere. Yeah. It was it was oh no. He's got great comic timing though. We'll give him that. Phenomenal comic timing. Yeah, easily. I mean It's like it a should... musical. That's like a pause, pause, pause. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, when 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 Tosh retires the principal That guy's gonna take, take over the take Principal Kichwa is gonna take over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god but it was rough they were fighting they were fighting definitely an uphill battle i mean not like yeah. women in canada or not but it was they were pretty, fighting it because they were literally uphill degrees. literally uphill fighting an uphill that was good 45 degrees all the way battle. up Hawk. well bob yeah. you've had some adventures yeah it was, Jesus it was adventurous stuff for sure yeah. <sighs> yeah, i didn't even get into yeah. all the moonshine we drank that was really no, we shouldn't have done <laughs> Because, you know, alcoholism could be a problem in some places. You know, <laughs> I, you know it told us it was, so I assume it was okay. But, uh, it was pretty rough. Actually, there was some shady stuff around that, though. <laughs> well, because, because like, I don't think... Well, no, the, we didn't do anything too shady, but, like, it was... Oh it was people would throw parties for you, right? And then, so then they bust out the moonshine. Like, oh, sweet, we're living on this fucking mountain. Just getting Nothing our ass whooped at volleyball. You rutabagas. I'll, yes, I'll take some moonshine. Right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That one, at first, Katie didn't snort, like, or whatever. I just, I'm totally enraptured in the story. Normally, it's me that snorts and not you. <laughs> We're both equally, I like, just had to distinguish that. I'll cut this out. Once in a while. No. You won't. Yeah. Maybe I will. <laughs> but yeah, but it was still, it would get a little shady, right? Because it was just, like, they're, you know, like, we, we never really got stats on, like, sexual assault in that community and stuff like that. But, like, you kind of heard stuff, you know? Mm. You got impression, like, oh, man, like, I hope that by... I don't know. One thing, like, you hope you don't contribute anything by like by like normalizing the the drinking of a bunch of moonshine. On the other hand, it's not like it's not, I don't think the moonshine's the problem. The problem is that you know mm-hmm. it's, there was these very sexist power dynamics, yeah. um, right? And, uh, and 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 so you know not, nothing like anything bad like that ever happened to our knowledge while we were there. But it was always kind of a weird thing, right? Yeah, it, it like, sounds really complicated because it's like at the same time you're just you, going into a community yeah. and being like, yes, I want to have the most amazing experience ever. And everyone's being really generous, but you don't know how that's going to... You don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. And you also don't want to reject things. Yeah. Right? So it's like you're kind of supposed to, you know, like there's a very, there's a stereotype about, you know, Hispanic cultures writ large about people being good hosts. And like, I don't know if that's a stereotype that extends to all these various cultures and all these different, you know, communities within cultures. But certainly it's, that was, that's been my experience in Mexico. It was my experience in Ecuador. It was my experience in Central America. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Pretty soon. In fact, in fact, almost to the extent that you suspected all the volunteerist bullshit I've done, sometimes I actually suspected that people wanted an excuse to have a party. They're like, if we bring in these greasy white fucks, <laughs> and we listen to their bullshit about condoms and rutabagas and whatever for Bulbous. three weeks, we're just going to have to have a party. 
We're gonna have to have a party. There's nothing we can do about it. Just people love to party, man. Like nope. Some things are just crazy. international. Yeah. Oh my god, I saw the principal the next morning. He was <laughs> like fucking rutabaga. <laughs> he was rutabaga. I'm not even joking. This was, maybe this isn't funny, but I, it was still kind of funny. I'm pretty sure he passed out in the school. He was like locked in with the mayor. <laughs> like, it was going pretty hard the night before. We're like, hey, see you guys later. The next morning, it's like the mayor and the principal are passed out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we and we were, and that was like the last night before we left, so we had to like walk. We had to walk like five kilometers to get to the nearest road where a pickup truck could pick us up to drive us six hours into town to get on the bus for eight hours to the capital. And like we had to dr- walk that those first six kilometers because like a rock slide had like eliminated the like road that led from like the, oh, the village to anywhere and like hadn't been repaired for like three years or whatever. So. Fuck. So like so, but the thing was, it was like fucking drunk ass principal. I had to get back to his, uh, I guess, uh, I, I don't know, pickup truck stop as well, <laughs> right? And like so, it's like we ended up having to walk like six kilometers with our fucking hungover principal buddy <laughs> and his two students who had who had stayed over at the town, not with the drunk principal, right? And like and like we're just it was like so it was basically like. I mean, this is kind of grim, but like, but like the the two students were more or less helping the fucking hungover as fuck principal make his fucking make his 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 pickup truck, and then he let us play with his rifle a bit. That was fun. Oh, yeah, I got some nice pictures of me with like a balaclava and a little rifle. It looked kind of bad. I see, I've like, seen that picture. That I, that's like burned into my brain that's now. It's like the rifle. default Bob avatar. Yeah, <laughs> I think my default Bob avatar is from my twenty fifth birthday when you had that red shirt unbuttoned all the way down to the chest hair. That was a good. That was a good birthday. That yeah. was a good. I love lots that. of things. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun night. I am. I am king of the of the open open chested uh, hairy pic- picture. A little dis- well, not that it would carry over in this audio. <laughs> medium, but I'm a little disappointed you're wearing a full neck t-shirt. What are you right talking now. about? Uh, clearly, I, I thought you'd be impressed that I am currently wearing a <laughs> half unbuttoned <laughs> red silk chemise. Is that, the, Chimino. is that how you pronounce it? That's blouse in French, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think blouse is blouse in French. No, no. chemise. We're all, we're all enlightened here. We're all. We should probably consult the fashion hags about this. <laughs> They'd know. <laughs> That's fine. Oh lordy. Oh boy. Well, guys, that was that was a good time. Awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you, Bob. Thank, thank you, you so much for being us. here. Thank uh, you for having me over. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I would yeah. love to just have you back to reminisce about other stuff because we've been through some weird adventures. Yeah, like, sure. For any, all sorts of. Uh, 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 we only know so many interesting people so, so we're gonna have to start true. doing some repeats <laughs> <laughs> they're a finite resource well, um, I, you're, I and you're irreplaceable yeah, Robert yeah. J. Neubauer well I'd love to come back on the Esquire. show anytime guys yeah and then hopefully like just our random chatting of weirdness is like broken loose some creative blocks to like help you finish your dissertation yeah and then like in the spring I'll come I'll come back from uh, and and, I'll, and we've, I'll, we can do a, a podcast on Montreal Swingers culture Fantastic. Oh. No, no, don't <laughs> <laughs> Helena, don't email us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even get her. St- anyway, I, I can't talk about that. Okay, that's it. That's the show. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.